What's up, crackers? I'm Jean-Luc. I'm the host of Crying in the Book Club. This is episode 40. We're talking about Darth Vader, the 2015 Darth Vader series. I'm joined, as always, uh, by my friends and yours. Alex is here. It's good that Darth Vader also is a cracker. Indeed. And Emily is also here. He was uh, roasted like a cracker. Hey, yo, roasted true. crackers. Is a roasted cracker a thing? Do you uh, know I, I crackers? I don't really like, like, like you know, I, I was just uh, thinking of uh, roasted crackers. A, a word for being on set on fire. fire. Well, he was a, more of a baked cracker, right? They have baked crackers. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. not like being set on fire, but it's, you know, being exposed to extreme a, heat. A high amount of heat, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, hello. Um <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have anything prepared for the start of this episode, so I was just like Oh good. What's up? How's everybody doing? How are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? Alex, yeah. are you doing pretty good? Or are you doing pretty bad? Are you? I'm doing pretty good. I That's did exciting. A, as I said last episode, did a Riverdale murder mystery night, which was very oh fun. yeah, very. It does pictures. It was incredible. It was neato, 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 neato. And now, I do you want to do you want to give us the plot of this Riverdale murder mystery? So it's prom night. You know, it's a big night in Riverdale. Of course, of course. All of the all of the people you want to be there, you know, are there. Uh, that includes, uh, you know, Betty, Veronica, Archie. Um, there's a list. Dark Betty. Dark Betty, which was great. There were there were two different people um, hanging out. Kevin Keller, Reggie Mantle, Cheryl Blossom. You got Fangs Fogarty. You got Nick Scratch, which was really funny because he was dead the whole time and was just being like, "Hey, I'm Nick Scratch." It's like, okay, interesting. Tony, a little Hiram Lodge, some Miss Grundy, of course. You need Miss Grundy chaperoning, watching out for the kids. The most important Riverdale character. Yeah, Principal Weatherby, Alice Cooper, well, and of I course... I mean, she... They wouldn't put her in all the thumbnails for all the promotional material if she wasn't important. Of course. Yeah, true. And the last character, Baby Anthony, the chosen one. Literally, <laughs> you know, fought with Satan, won, came out on top. Um, so that was cool. And it's prom night, and people are just hanging out. Everyone, everyone's got their own little secrets. Um, and by the time it, it was round base, you would have to do things on your card every round, kind of thing. You have twenty minutes to do it as you're as you're going around. Uh, and then after round two, Betty Cooper dies. <gasps> what? What? And it turns out she was poisoned. <gasps> what? So we had to solve what? Who, who would do this? Who would do this? Would it be Archie, who's now off with Miss Grundy, the, the woman that he now loves and is leaving Betty behind? Well, the I woman know. he always loved, some might say. That's true. Some, I some wouldn't, say that. but you could, I guess. <laughs> some might. Some might. Uh, would, There's got to be some like diehard Miss Grundy, Miss Grundy, Archie. Miss Grundy. Miss Grundy. I like that. That's good. Their, uh, but, their ship name is Grunge. That's... <laughs> It's, it's very fitting. It's very fitting. But then there's also, you know, the lodges, you know, Veronica and her dad are fighting because they have rum versus whiskey and they're having their little fight. And it's like, well, it was the alcohol that was poisoned. So it could have been them. Um, and, uh, you know, then, you know, Cheryl has a poison flower that she has and it's the same poison that was in the drink. So it's like it could be her. But it turned out to be Betty's mom because Betty was just too much work. Always, always doing stuff. Honestly, deserved. 
And so, you know, she just wanted a nice, happy family with her, Dark Betty, uh, you know, Hal, all those people. So, yeah, that was that was the murder and the mystery. Incredible. It was very huh? cute. Sounds very, very fun. Yeah. You know what else is very fun? Hmm. Darth Vader. So he's true. a fun. He's a fun guy. He enjoys, you know, going to par- murder mystery parties on the weekends. He does. He Got does. a big group of friends. And at the end, they always torture somebody to death, and that's the best part. Uh, some yeah. would say, for the for the from their perspective. I'm just glad that you know Darth Vader is kind of, you know, he's kind of a character you see him in the movies, and you don't see too too much of him. He doesn't mm-hmm. do too much, but it's his presence. So I'm glad. I'm glad that they, you know p- people take a less is more approach. We don't have like a 25 issue series about him. Is my is my Darth yeah. Vader take? Yeah. Well, we mm. there is a 25 issue series about him. That's what we're talking about. Oh, okay. and um, there, there's in fact another series after that huh. uh, about about him. Okay, a- and even a third one. Huh. So, well, I I, I don't know if you were aware of this, I hope but I like I'm sorry it. if I if if you're just just now learning about it. It's okay. I just have to bull- bullshit some stuff. <laughs> no problem. Um. So yeah, we are we are talking about the 2015 uh, Darth Vader series, uh, written by Kieran Gillen, uh, who I don't know, think we've talked about a Kieran Gillen book on this show before, but I know this is our all, first. Of are, all of us are Kieran Gillen fans to one degree or another, um, and it's drawn by Salvador Larocca, uh, who was largely known for, I believe, an Iron Man run that people really liked before coming on to Darth Vader, which, you know, feels like a pretty natural connection to go from Iron Man to, to Darth Vader. Sure. Uh, one of those guys is a really cool dude in a suit, and the other one is Iron Man. Um, so true. So this is one of the first uh, series in after the, the Disney acquisition of the Star Wars license. Uh, prior to 2015, the, the Star Wars license had, had been at Dark Horse, although originally it was at Marvel, and then in the 90s it went to Dark Horse, and Dark Horse had it for about 20 years, published a, a lot of different Star Wars comics all throughout the timeline. And then when Disney acquired it, given that they also own Marvel, in addition to Star Wars, they decided, well, why don't we just bring that in-house and you know not 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 farm it out to to dark horse anymore why don't we try to make some some money off of this um which to be fair they could have made money off of it by light having dark horse continue paying the licensing fee but i for whatever reason they were like let's just bring it in house and then they farmed some of it out to idw i i, I don't understand what it doesn't make sense <laughs> they I, I think at some point they realized oh marvel comics is so incompetent we have to get somebody else to publish the star wars comics so they IDW did it for a while, published not all of them, but but some of the Star Wars comics for a while. Um, but anyway, uh, this is like the second of the series that that Marvel launched. I believe the first one is the titular just Star Wars, uh, which follows you know the other guys, Luke, Han, Leia, you know those the secondary characters from the original those trilogy. Fucking nobodies. Yeah, nobody. You know the people. No one cares about. Um, but this series follows uh, Darth Vader, everybody's favorite Star Wars character, um, and it takes place 
well, it picks up like pretty much directly after the destruction of the Death Star in at the end of A New Hope, and it all takes place in between A New Hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back. So it kind of slots into that that continuity. Um, it was like I said, it was written by Kieran Gillen. He actually uh, he turned down an opportunity to write Iron Man to to write Darth Vader instead. Which hell I, yeah, he, that's a good he mentioned that in an interview, and I'm like, that doesn't seem like a much of a trade-off like wouldn't anybody turn down writing iron man to write darth vader like what what year was this 2015 so probably 20 so 2014 when he would have gotten the offer that's like peak mcu though you know and if you if you're buying into that and you're like whoa i guess america's civil war and there hasn't been a star wars movie in uh, civil war actually hadn't come out yet right civil wars 2016 the lead up yeah, but they were, like, it was... Force Awakens was 2014, was though, right? 15. 20, Force Awakens was 2015. Mm, okay, so it's a high point for... Well, it's a this is, time for Star Wars, too. This is the this is the hype... This is the Star Wars hype cycle restarting. Yeah. Basically. So, it's it's it was a good time. Well, there was a well, lot of... Like, hope for, there was a new hope. <laughs> a new hope. Like, in terms of quality i think we can all agree that like darth vader is the obvious choice but like in terms of just like i don't know clout like it could have been a toss-up but like this this was obviously the superior choice and we are all better off for it i'm sure whatever gillen would have done with an iron man comic would have been good because like he fucking rocks but we we are better off i think that this is the book that he wrote (laughs) I, I agree with Emily. I I don't give a shit about Iron Man. I, I've read a, a decent number of Iron Man comics. I I have not cared about it. Like, not that they're bad. I, I just don't care about sure. them. But even the bad Darth Vader comics, I'm like, damn, I, I care about that. I'm invested in this. I read that Charles Soul run all the way through. Had some good stuff, but mostly was not very good. Um, but anyway... Um, I guess I'll give your, your spoiler warning for, for this in case you don't know what happens to Darth Vader, which, you know, only good he thing. dies at the end of Return of the Jedi. Sorry, guys. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it, it's it's over for for Darth Vader. Um, but like I said, uh, just to briefly go over the plot and I'll try to be brief because we did read all 25 issues plus the annual. So there is a lot of plot in here. Um, but like I said, Darth Vader picks up shortly after the destruction of the first Death Star. Uh, and of course, Emperor Palpatine, not a happy camper that the, you know, super expensive galaxy spanning project that was supposed to crush the rebellion uh, got blown up by six guys in the equivalent of 1995 uh, Ford pickup trucks. Uh, uh, that's that's insulting to the X-Wings, but, you know, I they weren't really. supposed to blow, they weren't supposed to get away with that. Uh so he kind of lashes out at Darth Vader cuz Darth Vader is like the remnant of the imperial leadership even though Darth Vader is like Darth Vader he does point out in his internal monologue I didn't think the Death Star was a particularly good idea but Emperor Palpatine doesn't care about that. He <laughs> blames Darth Vader for it uh, and strips him of basically all of his command responsibilities and assigns him to work under General Tag, who is basically the new uh, Grand General, I believe is his title in this book, of the Imperial Armed Forces. Um, Vader's not happy about that, so he begins to develop his own like seek out his own resources start building up his own forces uh so he he seeks out some allies he first finds dr afra 
uh, and her lovely murder droids, Triple Zero and BT-1, and brings them into the fold. Now that with, with, with them around, he also heads to uh, Geonosis, kills a Geonosian queen, and takes and, and and just rips a droid factory out of geonosis and is like this is my droid factory now we're gonna start making assassin droids with this and does um so now that now that he's got you know some new allies he's got like a, a strike force of, of of assassin droids he uncovers a conspiracy uh headed by a scientist named silo four uh to create replacement apprentice apprentices for felpatine um, and so he goes to to Silo 4's headquarters uh, with his, you know, squadron of assassin droids. Uh, he finds some really cool guys there. The Astartes twins. Uh, there's uh, Captain uh, Captain Carbon, who is uh, a Mon Calamari head on General Grievous's body, which is very cool. Uh, there's Toulon, who is like this sick woman with cool goggles and some kinds of like psychometry powers of some kind. And there's a Trandoshan there, but uh, Darth Vader kills him. Like, it, like he just insta drops him. Um, but before things can really kick off, Palpatine shows up and is like, Hey man, this was my idea. Actually. I wanted these guys around. I, you know, thought maybe you sucked. Like there was an off chance that you were, were bad at your job. And I wanted to have some people waiting in the wings. Um, so he Palpatine brings them into the fold, puts them all under the command of General Tag, sort of as competition for Darth Vader. Um, and then at the end of the first arc, Darth Vader also learns the name of the pilot who destroyed the Death Star, Luke Skywalker, oh, which nine, means nothing nine, to him because it's like, who's that guy? Like Skywalker, what does that mean? I Skywalker. Don't don't know any of that. Um, so the second arc uh, kicks off. We've got Dr. Afra and her bounty hunters going after an Imperial cruiser. And you're like, wait, I thought they were on. I thought Dr. Afra was in with the Imperials. And it turns out that the heist was actually done for Vader so that he could build up his own fortune inside of the Empire so that he could, you know, buy his own resources and fund his, you know, his little side projects that he's he, he's he's looking into. Um, he also sends Afra out on these missions. Uh, they go to Tatooine. And find uh, they go they go to the the Lars residence uh, and burn it down. Uh, Vader kills some more Tusken Raiders because there's not enough Tusken Raiders to kill. There's there's always more Tusken Raiders than Anakin Skywalker can kill. Uh, Afra also goes to Naboo and finds out that uh, Padme Amidala was in fact uh, no longer pregnant when her body arrived on Naboo in Revenge of the Sith. So you know there. We're starting to notice a trend here of maybe Darth Vader's kids are alive, which he he did not know. Um, also, while this is all going on, uh, this is all kind of background to Darth Vader being assigned to root out uh, a group of rebels operating in the Outer Rim called the Plasma Devils. He's also assigned a, an Inspector Thanos, uh, who is is his liaison with uh, Grand General Tag. Uh, and Thanos immediately is suspicious of, of what Darth Vader is up to. He immediately gets a whiff of maybe this guy isn't all on the up and up. Maybe the Sith Lord cannot be trusted, but you know, who, who, who can say um, every time. So, so Thanos is kind of investigating the, the, the heist. Uh, 
in a lot of like very like slapstick Tom and Jerry Looney Tunes kind of ways. Darth Vader is always like one step ahead, preventing him from from learning the truth. Um, and then when they do, ev- when he does get ve- like right there, he's about to get Afra and, and get the truth about what th- what they did. Uh, Vader reminds him they found the location of the Plasma Devil's base, and Vader goes and like throws his lightsaber at some Y wings. It's pretty cool. And they kill the rebel cells, uh, or the rebel cell rather, uh, and move on from Thanos for now. Um, but in all of that chaos, uh, Afra finished her mission and, and found Luke's location, uh, which is, was on the planet of Rogos Voss and Vader, Afra, and all of these droids, the cool murder droids head out to Rogos Voss and get lured right into the rebels trap. Uh, Vader crash lands. This is the Vader down crossover, the Vader down bad crossover, as we like to say. Uh, Vader begins a relentless hunt for Luke in the desert. Uh, he runs into, you know, Leia's there. They hang out for a little bit. Leia does this whole thing where she's like, you can, I, I'm going to sit here with this transponder and you're, you're going to bomb the transponder because it's going to kill Darth Vader and I'm going to be martyred, but it's fine because we'll kill Vader in the, in, in the process. Uh, but just as the Y-Wing squadron is about to start their bombing run, uh, Captain Carbon's forces show up. Uh, to keep Vader alive so the Carbon can kill him himself, which, let me tell you, everyone in this book who's, like, kills somebody, f- like, saves Darth Vader's life and is like, no, I'm going to be the one to kill him. Things do not go well for those people. He always, just, like, three pages later is just, like, stepping over their dead corpse. It it, it doesn't really work for them. Um, so Vader is able to to escape, uh, but so are Luke, Han, and Leia. They actually are able to capture Afra and uh, escape with with her with her captured. Um, the next arc, Vader, you know, not concerned about Afra that much. Uh, he ha- he's sent to the planet of Shu Torin, which is a critical mining world that is uh, in open rebellion against the Empire. Uh, Vader shows up and uh, basically crowns Princess Trios, the queen uh, of Shu Torin, uh, by, you know, some political manipulation that in classic Darth Vader fa- fashion basically boils down to, I'm going to kill a bunch of people. Uh, and they, uh, you know, begin the trying to, to retake the world. Um, this whole time, he's kind of being worked against by Dr. or by general tag and silos, uh, both of whom are, are trying to bring Vader down for, for their own reasons. Um, and despite those attempts, Vader is able to completely crush the, the or Baron resistance. He, he inspires trios uh, to take on the fighter self as well. Um, and the arc ends with, uh, Vader being confronted by Thanos, who is now fully investigated everything and has learned that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. And you'd think that'd be bad for Darth Vader, but Thanos is just like, no, actually, I think you're fucking epic, and I want you to take over the Empire instead. So please kill me, and the Empire can live forever. Thank you. And Darth Vader is more than happy to oblige to kill this uh, guy who's been annoying to him uh, the whole time. Um, But not before Thanos gives him uh, Aphra's location. Um, And this is where we kick off the final arc of the book. Uh, Vader is going after Dr. Silos and triple zero and BT one are hunting down Dr. Afra. Both of them find their targets, uh, but Afra being, you know, 
crafty as she is, is able to uh, exploit Triple Zero's systems uh, to uh, evade fully being returned to Darth Vader. Um, but it, she's all. But she has been brought to the Executor. Uh, as this happens, uh, Silas's grand plan to take over the Empire is unfolding. Uh, he successfully steals the Executor, which, by the way, I know I'm just saying the Executor, as if everyone knows what that is. That is the first Superstar Destroyer. It is Darth Vader's flagship. Um, it, it, we're seeing it being built uh, in over the course of the book. I realize not everybody will know what that is. Um, but as uh, Silos and the remaining Astartes twin uh, su- succeed in, in, ta- in, in taking the, the executor, Va- Vader comes aboard, uh, kills everybody, regains control, and then goes off and kills the remaining Silos clones. Um, he comes and he then, you know, returns to the executor, finds out that Afro just kind of walked into the emperor's room, said, hey, what's up? This is what me and Darth Vader have been up to. Uh, so Vader, of course, was was betrayed. But again, Palpatine thinks everybody just thinks that like when Vader does bad stuff, they're just like, this guy is awesome. Um, so Palpatine is just like, yeah, you know, Vader, he did all this stuff like it really showed initiative. So good for him. Uh, and Vader then jettisons Afra out the airlock, um, only for her to then be rescued by Black Chrysanthemum, Triple Zero, and BT1. Oh, Black Chrysanthemum, by the way, I don't think I've actually mentioned him. He's a Wookiee bounty hunter, big Blackford Wookiee bounty hunter, extremely cool guy. Afra owes him money, so he's kind of just always there trying to make sure you can get his ROI from, from Afra. And that's where the run ends with uh, Darth Vader, assuming control of the executor being given his command role back. And Afra now having played the greatest trick of all convincing Darth Vader that she's dead. So she can go off and have adventures in her solo book, uh, which we didn't read, but there is a, hey. Darth, there is, but there what if we of- did, we might at some point. The Kieran Gillen part of the solo book of the Afro book is very good, so it's definitely worth reading at some oh, point. Especially yeah, if you... I guess it it didn't occur to me briefly that Gillen wouldn't just be writing the whole Afro he, book. He, he wrote it. He wrote the start. He wrote the first few arcs of it, at least, if I remember okay. correctly. Okay. Well, so I mean, that's it is worth reading at good. least the first uh, little bit of it, especially if you are find yourself after reading this to be a Doctor Afro fan. Which if, if you I'm find curious. yourself Afra reading this, Afra reading, yeah, yeah, that, that works. Um, but this is both of your first, your guys' first time reading this this run, I believe. Is mm-hmm. that is that correct? Yes. Yes. Cool. Well, uh, before we get into that, and I think this is basically pretty much just a question for Alex. Um, but I'm curious if you guys have any other history with the Star Wars Expanded Universe, either the current canon or the pre-Disney acquisition canon and, and what that looks like coming into this comic book series. Yeah. Yeah. You you mentioned earlier the Dark Horse days, and that was how I got into it, because I'd go to my local bookstore and they had the nice Omnibus, which I called Omnibus, and it would collect just like a, a nice... <laughs> A nice chunk and a really cool uh, soft cover thing. So I think I had a Darth Maul one that was just him Mm -hmm. like running around before episode one doing fun stuff. He would like attack pod races and like, you know, just the super cool guy. Uh, There was one called Early Victories, which was I think between I think it was between episode four and five as well. So kind of in the same thing here, but in the old universe. And I always thought those were so cool. Um, 
And I never really thought about like, oh, like, is this canon with the Star Wars movies I've seen or anything as a kid? I was just like, this is so cool. Everything's so cool. There's so much, so many cool things with Star Wars. Um, and then this whole Disney Marvel relaunch thing, I just never really read it. It was something I've meant to read. I heard that the Lando book was mid, um, which makes me sad. But uh, I heard good things about the Star Wars series and about obviously Gillen's Vader. And um, yeah, I'm glad that jump jumping into it now. And of course, I've read them. Um, nice. I've been reading some of the old the old novels and stuff, but that's not comic talk. Um, but those are always cool. I just love, yeah, it's nice having the Star Wars stories and all that. And uh, Darth Vader is very good. It does feel, I mean, obviously to think about Vader right there, it feels a little like, like there is a lot of cool stuff in here, but also feels like very not too far from what's actually happening in the movies and stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. a lot of the extended stuff that I like before is like really out there and, and stuff going on. So um all in all, yes, good Vader. Okay. Emily, was I correct in assuming that you have like zero history with the EU? Okay, well, I would like to say that in our notes doc, this question is what is your history with the extended yeah, yeah, well, universe and Darth Vader? And well, so, okay, no, well, I don't have very much experience with the extended universe look i wrote it that way because darth vader i wrote it that way because i didn't want to write out what is your history with twice they were two separate questions so maybe trust (laughs) the host of the podcast for one simile no what's your history with you're like the only person who likes revenge of the sith more than me as far as i know yeah i um i i actually before we read this for the show, I already owned the first trade of this because I had bought it. Because, I mean, Kieran Gillen, I feel like I can safely say is, like, my favorite comics writer. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, The Way and the Divine is my favorite series. So, like, I, when I heard that he wrote or was at the time writing a Darth Vader series, I was like, hell Yeah. Uh, but I just never got around to reading it because, I, you know, that's just who I am as a person. Um, so uh, I this is my this is my first time reading this book specifically. But uh, my feelings on Darth Vader, I feel like, can be summed up uh, with with uh, one of my favorite videos on the internet is a an edit that someone has made of Anakin Skywalker clips from Revenge of the Sith. And the video is called Anakin the Skywalker because it is uh, clips of Anakin Skywalker set to uh, a Megan the Stallion song. And just to to quote that video. And I feel like that really just sums up my feelings on Darth Vader. I feel like you can't really, uh, I feel like you can't really get any more specific than that. Um, I love, I love Anakin Skywalker. I love Darth Vader. I'm glad that this podcast gave me an excuse to finally make myself read a book that I bought like five years ago. Maybe if you were a real Anakin Skywalker fan, you would have read this by now, but no, I'm a fake fan. It's fine. Uh, But well, did you like it? Oh, I did. I enjoyed this immensely. (laughs) I really did. Did, did And I knew I would. 
Yeah, no, I I really did enjoy it. I like the nice. I'd say I like the first like twelve issues more than the middle middleish chunk, but then I think mm-hmm. the ending is a is a pretty is a pretty good banger overall. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Uh, there's a I, I'm curious how you guys felt about like the tone of the book because like Darth Vader is obviously like this menacing guy like. The first time you see him, he's just like stepping over bodies and choking, pe- torturing people. Like he, he's he's not like a you know a good dude, but uh, that can obviously be maybe a little hard to translate to other mediums. So I'm curious how you felt about the tone this book strikes and about how you know Gillen uses the supporting cast. You know characters like Triple Zero, Afra, BT One, uh, the 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 Silos like apprentices. Uh, just generally, where how you guys felt about that, and uh, if anything from that like really stood out to you. I, unfortunately, I do feel like it, it's it's difficult because on the one hand, like, do I love when Darth Vader is doing Darth Vader shit? Like, yes, of course. On the other hand, there are moments in this book where it does feel like he's a little OP. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like, you know, I get that this is Darth Vader, the book. So like, he's got to come out on top no matter what's happening, because like, that's what, I mean, and not to, when I say that it, this is happening because that's what the people want. I don't want to insinuate that. I think that like Kieran Gillen is writing with the aim of like doing what people want. I just think that like, that's just kind of a natural progression for someone who is a fan of Darth Vader to go and to, to kind of make him OP. But there were moments like, and by OP, I of course mean overpowered. Just, uh, I, I assume everyone in the audience gets that, but you know, it's, I just wanted to make, make sure I'm clear. Uh, but there were moments where I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, like, how are they going to get out of this one? Darth Vader is going to kill everybody. <laughs> well, I mean, that is core to Darth Vader. Yeah, no, and I enjoyed it, part. but it's just, you know, it that that is just a thing about it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, in terms of like the, the tone of the book. I think it's great because Darth Vader never makes a joke. He's very, you know, Darth Vader throughout. But everyone around him or like a lot of characters around him are doing that. And a lot of times they die. I mean, and a lot of that is Afra, who is a really cool character and kind of skirts that line of like kind of being like one of those quippy characters, but also like it, 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 it just it just works. And, you know, Afra like also is like, oh, Darth Vader is really cool. I'm fine if people like are getting killed all the time. That's whatever. That's that's neat. So it's uh, Afro is definitely a cool character. And then it's the two droids that are just so hilarious. It's like the C three PO R two D two like yeah. stand ins that are just like completely unhinged. And I love them like- so much. And I knew I had heard about Triple Zero before reading this book, so I was like, I was aware of what I was going to be getting into. But God, he is so delightful and charming, yeah. and the the relationship between him, like the two of them is uh, truly, a, you know, like a running highlight of the book. Yeah. I, yeah. Tri- Triple zero is a great time. The, one of the great star Wars tropes, like going back to like Knights of the old Republic is the like psychopathic d- murder droid. 
and and Triple Zero is is a is a great installment in that. I I, I love his dynamic with Afro too. Where so so Afro like steals uh, the Triple Zero Matrix, which is like a a coding a, a specific coding that goes into a droid and puts it into this protocol droid, who's then becomes you know Triple Zero, um, and. Uh, Triple Zero just constantly goes on about how, like, he would love nothing more than to go on a death rampage across the galaxy, but, like, hanging out with Afro is kind of fun, so he, he's entertained enough that he doesn't need to, you know, go out and do stuff. like He doesn't need to, like, give in to his, his real mean streaks. So. He's like C-3PO in that one scene from The Rise of Skywalker. He's evil. Yeah, okay evil c-3po <laughs> when they download the sith 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 uh, os into c-3po yeah. yeah well it's also funny because in, when they um, stick a mustache on him <laughs> they give him red eyes actually in uh in this book they actually meet and um triple triple o takes c-3po's arms which is just a fun little, yeah. little moment yeah. where it's like oh like i'm not i don't have arms right now let me let me take yours um yeah it's just it's it's a sweet moment you know it's a past there's the a there's a lot of good triple zero moments uh, in the book. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if I had if I had just been taking screenshots of good triple zero moments, I think I would have filled up my phone's uh, storage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love. Uh, there's also that bit in the last arc where uh, they they go to restock from like a sort of shady uh, arms dealer. The little adventure. And, yeah, and and the arms dealer is like. The arms dealer, like, he takes Triple Zero's arms off to replace them, and, like, he uses the opportunity to install a program that's like, okay, well, if you ever kill me, uh, you'll die, too. Uh, and Triple Zero and BT1 are just like, okay, fine, we're going to have a great business relationship. And then they leave, but it turns out that BT1 uh, sliced... Uh, you know, sliced in uh, new programming for all of the other droids that this guy is working on. And then just having this dialogue as they walk out, like, I wonder if he treated those droids very well. I, you know, maybe he has a chance of surviving if he didn't. And then, you know, it just, the the workshop just blows up behind them. You're like, Oh, I guess not triple zero rocks. Triple like Kieran Gillen absolutely nails like the right tone. for Basically like, Every everything that uh Triple Zero does should just be followed by <laughs> He he does kind of give off uh give like, off that vibe. Like it's so it's so murderous, but so charming and delightful. Yeah. He yeah, he 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 does have a, a lot of charm. Um and then, you know, of course uh, Afra is kind of the the breakout star of of this book. She became like a very popular. Triple character. Zero and Afra are two yeah. just extremely Kieran Gillen characters. Absolutely, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's kind of necessary too because like there is some interiority to Vader here, but like you all you do need the sort of um, you, you need, need the foil. characters. Yeah, you need foils for for Vader so that it's not just all you know, hundred percent Darth Vader all the time. Yeah. Cause that, I don't know. I, I feel like that could probably be a little, uh, a little grading. There are certainly um, people who would want that, but I don't care about the opinions of those people. 
what, you don't want an entire book that's like Darth Vader's interiority and his, like, sadness? You would love that. No, 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 <laughs> I would. No, I'm, I'm talking about a book that is, like, just the Darth Vader that we get oh, and then yeah. nothing else. Yeah. No, that, 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 that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um... No, I would love, uh, give me, like, as many issues as possible about sad Anakin shower thoughts, like. What, what's, what's he thinking about when he's in the, the, that little chamber that he takes with him everywhere? Well, I mean, clearly not the younglings that he killed, because apparently when Asuka brought that up, he was like, what, that old thing that I did? So, um... Probably not any of the atrocities he's committed, if I have to say. Did you just pronounce Ahsoka like Asuka? I, yeah, for- no, it's because I don't. It's because I don't Star Wars, and the okay. only name that I hear that's like that is Asuka from Evangelion. Evangelion. So just, just my brain immediately pronounce. I like I know that it's Ahsoka. Like, it took I, me a minute to figure out what you actually meant. No, it's just if if i'm just speaking off the cuff that's how i'm gonna pronounce that name unfortunately i was like is there is there some like meme video where oscar from evangelion okay no um well yeah that that's that was funny (laughs) i found i found that i'm glad that i'm glad that that amused you it did it did um to sort of move from away from well not completely away from the characters because those characters obviously play into this but uh what did you guys think about how much of this is sort of like about the like internal politics of the empire and like the the push and pull of the power struggles between you know darth vader and some of the other players in the empire because it's not something that we like when we see them in the movies they're all always like they seem like a, com- a force that's completely in lockstep, and like, okay, yeah, Vader kills people when they don't do what he want when they fuck up. Um, but, but you know, they you don't see that layer of it. So I'm curious how you guys it, felt it was, about that as a sort of storytelling. It, it was cool to see um, the guy from the New Hope who's like kind of challenges Vader. I think that was him, right? That is, that is Tag. Yeah, he's like, I'm alive, and uh, I'm in charge of you, Darth Vader. And he, Darth Vader's like, I don't like that. Uh, and you know, by the end of the story, he he ends up dying, and Vader takes his control. But um, yeah, it was cool just seeing you know Vader is in a way very out of his element with all these power things. He's kind of just like, I trust the Force. I I I'm an unstoppable killing machine. I can do this. And they're like, well, actually, you're like third in command right now, and these people are your replacement, and you got to play nice with them because you know you you know you, you're kind of disappointing. The Death Star blew up, and he's like, well, that wasn't my fault. I didn't support it. And then he's like, well, you know what? You didn't say anything, so it's kind of on you. Um, so it's kind of it was a little fish out of watery, but also nice to see him sort of um, become this sort of character who is capable of like doing all this deception and playing all these games and and doing that kind of stuff. So it was cool, and I think it was a nice balance where it, it didn't feel like it was too much of the like oh political games and stuff. There was still some cool action, some really cool characters like good old General Grievous, Akbar Man, and yeah. I liked it a lot because I do feel like in the Star Wars movies, we get sort of this idea of the Empire as like a united front. And I feel like with a bunch of evil dudes, especially ones who very clearly have like ego problems, like you're going to have 
you're going to have problems like this. You're going to have like internal power struggles like this. And so it's fun to get to actually see that and to see like Darth Vader as a, as a participant in that. I, you know, I don't know if I, I don't like what I want to say is I don't know if I a hundred percent love every way that that was executed. Um, like I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed this book, and I, I don't know that I would really change much about it. But um, there, there were some th- like, I don't know the there's something about the like, I might replace you with one of these like <laughs> group of ragtag uh, potential replacements. Uh, there was. Nothing about any of those characters that really felt like they were a threat to Darth Vader or his status in any way uh, at any point during the book. Except Carbon. <laughs> I just. He's at, sick. At, at no point did I really feel like anyone was like actually like. I mean. N- yeah. It's hard, you know, on the one hand, like, I I want to say at no point did I feel like any of them were a threat to him, but also none of them can be a threat because of, like, the way that the Star Wars movies play out. You right. already know that none of them could be, but, like, even I, there was no point where I, like, well, got, got lost in the fiction where I forgot for a moment that I know how this all plays out. Well, because they're all kind of, like... they're all kind of like cheap knockoffs, which I think is like somewhat intentional because like the idea is, I I think it's, it's kind of an interesting parallel for Darth Vader himself, who is like a, in some ways a cheap knockoff of Anakin Skywalker, right? Like he's not like, he's slower. He doesn't, he's not in touch with the force in the same way that Anakin was, which isn't something that the book necessarily, this book necessarily touches on as much. Yeah. Um, but I think it is it is fitting that like you have the Astartes twins who are like Jedi without the Force, which is like what's the point of you? Like yeah, what what are you? And like you know General Grievous, but worse. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it is kind of an interesting parallel. I, I don't think Kieran, Kieran Gillen like fully pulls on that string, but I I do enjoy how like when the time comes, like I think it is like a good piece of characterization that like. None of them really offer much of a threat to to Vader. Like mm-hmm. even in the in the arc where they're on um, Shutoran and the Astartes twins ambush him, like the way that that ends is the the brother ambushes like betrays the sister and like leaves her to die. But even before that, it's like Vader was handling them right. Like it, it yeah. was not really. It wasn't even like really that close of a fight beforehand anyway. No, so. Uh, I, I, I kind of like that, that element. I mean, I, if anything, I wish there was more of that sort of political stuff. Like one of my favorite issues is the annual. And like, that is actually my favorite arc of the story of the book. I think is that the Shutoran war. I'm not going to lie to you. I wish that Darth Vader had danced. Yeah, with, I wish like, Rios. yeah, like I, I wish that like, I wish there had like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how how in character it would be or whatever. I wish that I wish they had danced. I think that would have been I, like fun and interesting. 
I think it would have been fun, but I think it. I think you can't have Darth Vader do stuff like Darth Vader is not going to do stuff like that. No, but. but I I feel like it would have been like an interesting show of like diplomacy yeah. or something from him. But but that's the thing is like Vader's not like think the thing I, I think the thing about the Shu Toran War that's so good is it's just like this emphasis that like Vader's not there to play politics or do diplomacy. I, like no, I know he does because he like completely manipulates he completely like molds trios into like oh a, yeah a disciple of his, his a disciple of his the um the like trios girl boss arc like uh-huh. i love immensely even though like i know and, like it's awful or whatever like i don't care it's fun no, and i like see, it i i agree it, it's like yeah like obviously she is a villain by especially by the end when she but is so just, is like, he it's Darth yeah that's Vader. the whole point that's the book um <laughs> the worst I'm, thing I'm about that the worst thing about that is that uh in later books trios joins the rebel alliance which in Boo! my opinion is such a dog shit Boo! twist for her character oh. and and like makes no sense whatsoever oh i hate that it, it, obviously like she is manipulated by vader here and like at first she does not she clearly does not feel great about that but it it feels like a similar thing where like by the end like it's kind of like anakin like she gets a taste of the power and it's like oh my god i can do so much cool shit yeah it seems like she's kind of like genuinely on board even if it like took a little bit you know she's like padme except like when anakin was trying to riz padme by talking about how fascism was cool she would have just been like that's so true babe yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's I, I like that. I, I, I like that. Yeah, I, I thought that was really life. fun, and I'm I'm disappointed to hear that she actually joins the rebels. Yeah, it's a bad bad. It's not just, not Gillen's fault, but it's a, just a bad move for her character. Oh sure, yeah. Um, it's corny. Hey, going yeah. back to the um, just like how none of the you know guys going up against Vader, they're all kind of cheap knockoffs. I would kind of be disappointed if anyone was actually like a threat to him because they're not mentioned in the movies. And I know it's like obvious because the movies yeah. came out first and stuff, but it'd be a little weird if like this person almost killed Darth Vader to an inch of his life and they just never talk about it. It's obviously would, oh, like, uh, didn't happen maybe, yet. But. It feel it just, it felt like they were like not a threat at all. And I would like just maybe like a step above that where like I could maybe get a little lost in the fiction of it. Even if I know that, like, you know, this is not somebody who could have been relevant enough to come up in the movies. Yeah, it's tough because in the old EU, like, there were equivalents of these characters who were the people that, like, Palpatine was, was, like, kind of raising up. So you have, like, Mara Jade and Lumia and Brachus and, like, all these, all these kind of guys. But, like... Well, it, was, almost, it was also a little more like Wild Westy, uh, definitely in, in the old EU. Definitely, but they're almost too like hyper competent. Like they don't they don't really go up against Vader, but like the way they're portrayed, like you kind of get the sense that like Mara Jade could have held her own against Darth Vader, you know, sure. like or like w- some of those other characters could have held their own against Darth Vader in a way that's like, okay, well if. So 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 Palpatine just had like six Darth Vaders running around. Like, mm-hmm. how did he lose? Like, yeah. how do you have six Darth Vaders and lose? And yeah. whereas here it's like, yeah, he has like on a good day two Darth Vaders, um, and and that's like the amalgamation of the others can sometimes equate to one Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love too that like uh at, at the end um Void Gazer like 
she like sets a rancor on him with like all these like bio like bio like biogenic enhancements and shit and he just like no yeah he just kills it like in two panels or something like that's like a whole tense scene for luke in return of the jedi like he has to fight it with a bone and like get the door down on it and vader's just like no i sliced it so i I stabbed it yeah i killed it it's it's great because it's like the moment you meet the uh, Trendosian, it's like, you know, Trendosian gets killed, but the person who set it up is like, we can put that on anything like as big as a rank car. Oh, yeah. So it's like, it's in your head, and then it comes in later, yeah. and you're like, yeah, and then he just gets, yep. he just mm-hmm. gets smoked. There's a couple of plot elements like that, like, like at, at the heist, they, the heist that Afro does, they like jettison a bunch of like the credits into the, into space, <laughs> and the other bounty hunters are like so sad about it. They're like, "Oh my god, fuck you! You ruined our score. It's so small." And Afra's like, "Oh my god, I guess yeah. Sorry, guys. I guess I'll let you take it. Uh, you guys can just have it. I'll just take the <laughs> get washed on this one." And then it turns out that they were using a magnet to to get it to the moon, uh, mm-hmm. a nearby moon, and that's what she uses at the end also to uh, even after she gets jettisoned out the airwalk to. She uh, loves magnets. Be saved. She loves magnets. I I love a girl who loves magnets. How the fuck do they work? No one knows. It's the force. (laughs) (laughs) What if she's the only one who knows how magnets work in this world? Uh, The the to be so powerful, right? Knowing how, yeah. um, yeah. Excuse me. Um. But yeah, the I guess we've we've talked about Gillen's writing a lot and a lot of the story stuff. I mean, there, there's definitely more we can talk about as well if you guys had other things that came to mind. But I'm curious how you guys felt about the art. Um, there was a bit of a controversy when the Marvel Star Wars books kicked off because the artists uh, traced the actors' faces. Um, it, it's not as big of a deal for Darth Vader because you don't see like a lot of the characters too too often. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you do see them, it's it's very obvious. So I, uh, I'm yeah. curious what you thought about that and, and what you thought about the art maybe more generally as well. I didn't know that they had been traced. I did just assume that they had been like very heavily referenced. Like, because it mm-hmm. was like, I mean, you can tell that they are, uh, I, I say extremely spot on, but I don't want to say that to imply that like, that's- It's good. Yeah, like I, I, <laughs> I don't necessarily think that they're like bad. I just like it is also a little uncanny, a little unnerving. It's extremely. It's extremely compared to the way that like just regular ass characters are rendered in these books. Hits in the Vader down arc because in the first stuff, like I mean, Palpatine looks creepy. He doesn't, you know, you don't tell it's Trace. Vader is Vader, but you start seeing Luke and Leia. Like you see all those characters, and it's like, huh. Mm-hmm. It is a little, it is a little uncanny valley, um, yeah. which I don't, I, it, so it, was it like Disney or Marvel that were just like, you it, need it to was, I'm not clear exactly whose call was, but it was like an editorial decision to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Then in the Poe Dameron book too, um, oh, which yeah. came out around the same time, just an odd choice. I'd say so. Yeah. Um, I will say, at least for me, one of the things that is like, the art is actually one of the weaker aspects of this book, just because I think they play it so safe. And like one of the things that I used to love about the Dark Horse Star Wars comics is that they had a bunch of different art styles. Like they weren't so like, obviously there were some books that looked like the movies did, Mm -hmm. but they weren't so like sort of slavishly adherent to 
the the aesthetics and styles of the movies. Like there was more room to like do weirder art styles in in the Star Wars universe and stuff. And it, it is kind of a bummer that it's just so. Not that Salvador LaRocca is a bad artist or anything. It's just like, well, this just looks. It looks no, fun, yeah. but it, there's no like visual risks or anything taken aside no. from. And I wouldn't say it's a risk, but the one thing that's really cool is uh, Silas's fleet of ships, which are uh, basically these ships built onto these massive like space whales. Uh, those are pretty sick. But other than that, like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't find the visuals of this book to stand out no. all that much. I don't think that they're a hindrance, though. Like, I think there wasn't, you know, even though there's the Uncanny Valley stuff, mostly in the Vader Down stuff, I don't yeah. think it was something that was like... I- all I think it's something that impacted the the Star Wars book more because you're seeing Luke's face all the time and it yeah. is really distracting because like it's like a lot of the time like the facial expressions don't match what's supposed to be happening on the page whereas whereas so there it is like a, a much bigger hindrance than here where it's just like okay well I wish they didn't do that also Leia looks way older than she's supposed to be a mm-hmm. few times uh, mm-hmm. like I don't know there's just some some weird stuff there but. Um, I don't know. I always find myself wishing as with a lot of star Wars stuff that they were more willing to take risks. I do love, uh, the design of inspector Thanos though, uh, with, uh, the mustache that becomes sideburns and the monocle. Mm-hmm. He, he has a very strong design for like the kind of character that he is. He's Absolutely. also super cool. He's just like, you know what, Vader kill me because I believe in you. And I'm like, yeah. Oh wow. What a neat, what a cool guy. I- I do love that whole arc too, like the back and forth between them where like, it's pretty obvious that like from the beginning that Thanos like knows that like Vader is hiding something and that Vader mm-hmm. was like involved in this. But like, it's again that like Vader's like hyper competence thing where he is just like one step ahead. Sometimes in like really silly ways, like there's the one informant that Vader just like, he Vader asks him like, will you tell me who did this? And he's like, yes, yes, of course. And Vader just runs him through with a lightsaber. Um, I think he says like, too bad. He has like a one-liner, yeah. And then Thanos yeah. like, what happened? And Vader's like, he, he had a suicide vest. He was going to detonate the whole station. <laughs> and Thanos like inspects the body and he's like, he was bluffing. Darn. So I'm, and then the, the, the other time there's the other informant who's like about to like tell them about Afra and Darth Vader, like redir- uses the force to redirect a blast, a stormtrooper blaster shot to kill him. And thought it was like, how unlucky. <laughs> it's just, I like, guess I said earlier that Vader's never comedic and I get is he has he is. very funny. It's not him like See, on purpose thing, but he's kind of, he's that like, that he has like a really kind of dry humor character. that works really well with this book and is also oh. just like perfectly suited to fucking British ass Kieran Gillen. And, and it's also perfect because Vader in the movies, like the, you know, Vader in the movies is, he does do bits every now I and find then. Like when he's faith disturbing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I love the, you know, it, it's, it's not from the original trilogy, but it's from Rogue One, the like, be careful not to choke on your ambitions line <laughs> yeah. as he's choking mm-hmm. director Krennic. Oh yeah. Um, so there's, there's stuff like that. And there's a few like sort of sardonic lines in there that yeah. are I think, pretty good. So I do enjoy that like element of, of how, how Vader is written. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys have, uh, I, I have a, another, another question, but uh, did you guys have anything else about this book that like stuck out to you that you wanted to, to touch on? 
I think it's really. a better than what I could have possibly imagined a Vader book to be because he's just this this character is kind of like oh I'm I'm Vader I'm I'm, I'm angry but I'm blah blah and it, it you know it really does a good job of creating a cool cast around him and making him you know I don't want to say more interesting because Vader is like a great villain but it kind of gives him you know so, some extra layers and not really surprised when it's Kieran Gillen but yeah uh, glad it happened. Yeah, I, Gillen definitely finds like good ways to put like because it, 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 the the you have to imagine the idea of writing a Darth Vader book is pretty hard because he's a guy who's more or less like already at the top. Yeah, like he had his arc right in like Anakin had his story. Um, like where do you go from there? Because he is he literally had a trilogy about it. Yeah, and he had seven seasons of a TV show too. Like there's so much Anakin Skywalker out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think. Gillen does like a really good job to Alex's point of like finding something to do with, with Vader and sort of bringing in all the different elements of star Wars. Like there's like the criminal underworld side with like Afra and stuff. And then you see the bureaucracy of the empire as well. So it's a, it's a nice little bit of um, there's a lot, there's just like, a, there's a lot of meat on the bones that you wouldn't expect. Um, I also love I, I I do really like the sort of investigation that Vader does into to Luke as well, like when he learns his name and he has like I, I like that issue where like Afra and the droids go to Naboo and they uh to the to the to the coroner for, for Padme. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I think that, that issue is fun. Uh, it's just like one of those things that like you don't even really think about things like that in the Star Wars universe because like you never see like a coroner or whatever. But it, or, or I guess he's a mortician. Um, yeah. But it's just like one of those, just like, oh, yeah, there's normal stuff like that. I think it's a cool element of the of the book. Um, but, yeah, I think more or less that's probably uh, the Gillen, the Roka, Darth Vader. But I, I this is kind of a, a broader question. I, I mean, obviously, we talked about this series for, for this episode, but, you know, you can expand on it as much as you want. But I, I'm curious what you guys, if you guys think there's, like, a ton of value in telling these sort of like interstitial stories and like um, how, how you guys feel about these interstitial stories. And if you think that there's more value in doing that versus like just leaving things up to the imagination and like stuff that happens like in between the movies and, and things like that. I'm curious where you uh, come down on, on that question. Cause it is a big point of uh, discussion when it comes to, to star Wars in particular of like, what do we actually want to like, what should be left of the imagination? What is actually some stuff that we want to see, like things of that nature. So I'm just curious where you guys stand on that. I, I'm fine with like these interstitial stories and like, you know, filling in the gaps or whatever. Uh, If there's like, if you've got someone with a story to tell like i you know i don't know necessarily how this book came about i imagine that like they i don't know maybe he was a like i don't imagine that kieran gillen was going around pitching a darth vader book necessarily but like you know i i don't i don't want books like this to come about just because like the the company says we need a Darth Vader book. Like I want there to be like a solid creator vision for something like this. So like, I, you know, I don't mind fleshing out that, you know, I don't want, 
I, I don't need every stone unturned in the Star Wars universe, but like if you've got like a solid creative team working with a particular aspect of the IP, like I'm I'm fine with that. Which is the yeah. case here. Yeah, and I, I'd almost be like, do whatever you want, but almost don't focus too much on making a canon. Just focus on like what cool stories you can tell. Yeah, I, I that's I think part of the problem with like the the fact that like Disney owns everything now and like everything has to be canon compliant or whatever. Like you could you could do more if you could just like focus on writing something cool and fun and not necessarily yeah. having to worry about whether or not it fits into the rest of the universe. Uh, there was a comic that came out, I think uh, just before force awakens or right after. And it was explaining why C3PO had a red arm in the movie. And it's yes. like, this does not need to be there. I think like yeah. that kind of over explaining. And it's like, some people might be like, Oh, well, but it's cool that we know why it's like, some things can just be there. And if you look at the first three movies, you know, when they came out, there was no explanation of what the Clone Wars was or all this stuff and the imagination yeah. that was good enough. And I mean, I love the prequels and I'm glad we got that. But there is something to be said about like storytelling and leaving things up for the imagination and not trying to account for every second of these people's lives. Because, you know, like not every second of your life is going to be all that exciting. And when you try to make every part of these characters life full and trying to make sure it also makes sense, I think you lose a lot of the, the storytelling potential. So... Yeah, I I I'd just be happy if they just like told weird stories that were not canon, but you know, put them in Star Wars, which is what a lot of the EU yeah. stuff is. That's you know no longer canon, but it's still out there to read, although harder to find now. I I, I like that this book is not like trying to ever answer like small questions about like yes. something that was referenced in the movie. It's just like telling a story that you know it takes place in in between in between the movies. Um, I think it just mostly comes down to whether or not it's good, like. If I like it, it's fine. If I don't, get it out of here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I, it, it's tough because like I, I, I'm, I am also really annoyed by like the stuff that Alex mentioned. Like the why does C3PO have a red arm? Like they, everyone has a C3PO action figure. They needed to give people to buy a different C3PO action figure, you know. But um, I, I, I do, I do really like that. Like. I'm pretty um, indifferent overall on like Disney Star Wars stuff, but I like that they kept the EU at like even if it's not as good. Like I like that there are comics and and novels and stuff to to seek out, especially when most of the other shit sucks. Um, it is funny because like this came out at a time when I was like feeling. I, I know that you guys probably obviously were not in the same, but did not never felt that felt the same way, but like this came out like it when they were revitalizing the EU and it was like a really exciting time because yeah. like, this came out and then there was the Jason Aaron star Wars book. And there were a couple like really strong novels and it felt like, Oh wow. They, I, I mean, I wish they hadn't deleted the old EU, but you know, it seems like yeah. they know what they're doing. Like they're handling it pretty well. There were like rebels was happening, which was not my favorite thing, but it was, you know, still pretty good. Um, and of course, it you know we all know how that ended up going uh, in the <laughs> how that ended up working out in the end. But this was a very when this was coming out was a very exciting time, I think, for for Star Wars. So yeah, yeah. I mean, The Force yeah. Awakens just coming out, and you know, a whole new. This is before. Thing. This is predates Force Awakens by like yeah, but it, I mean, announced I guess. So like, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. at yeah. that time, being like the the. the 
you know, before oh, a lot I mean, of Star Wars were, stuff filled in. Yeah, people were yeah. like combing everything that was coming out of that time too in a really annoying way for like, is this hinting at like something that will be in the new movie? Uh, and there were like all these theories about like, you know, what characters from this, like is Afra going to show up in the, in, 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 in Force Awakens? Which, That's funny. That's I mean, frankly, they, it's, it's long past time that they brought Afra into, but I also don't trust people to, to do Afra stuff after, but you know, I would yeah. like to see a Harley Quinn style Afra animated series. That's I would love that. That is so the character. Much. DC, yeah. DC will never, or not DC, Jesus, Disney will never do DC that, would so. never, they can't. They would yes. DC should acquire the rights to Doctor Afra and nothing <laughs> just else. Just one true. <laughs> they should just like um, make their own like thinly veiled Doctor Afra character. Yes. Ah, oh, well, I think that's gonna be it for uh, Darth Vader. Uh, yep. Maybe in the that's future we'll return to to this corner of the universe. Talk more about Doctor Afra, maybe, but. We'll see. We'll see where the future takes us. What's that? Uh, uh, what's that extended universe comic we're all gonna read? That's really good. What the Quinlan Vos stuff? No, no, no. The one where Palpatine returns somehow. Oh, Dark Empire. Dark Empire. Watch out for that. We we we, we might do Dark Empire at some point. Dark Empire is very different than this, but it's fun. It's not good, but it's fun. Heck yeah. Um. So maybe we'll talk about. Maybe you guys can learn about World Devastators. At some point, that's all I want. Um, I don't think what I maybe that's what I'm hearing right now. Maybe that's the sound of a world devastator. I think did I do this bit last time? No, did we talk about Dark Empire on the show last time, and I, uh, you maybe. brought up Dark Empire, but I don't think you incorporated it. Into yeah, Jean Luc, stop stop bringing up Dark Empire. It's really getting old. It's me that's bringing up Dark <laughs> Empire. Alex reads like one exposition paragraph in a Star Wars novel and is like obsessed okay. with Dark Empire. It's like, it's like the next novel after a novel and they're like, oh, by the way, Palpatine came back but was defeated. And it's like, did what, did I miss this? And then I check the novel reading order and it's like, no, you didn't miss any novel about this. It happened in a fucking graphic novel over here. And it's like, the old EU sucks. Yeah. The old yeah. EU, the EU used to be great. The West really fell when uh, <laughs> Disney acquired Star Wars and got rid of it. Um, yep. What is that sound? Alex, do you recognize that sound? Oh, come on. Jeff Johns, Gary Frank. That's the doomsday clock. Oh, yeah. Another uh, book which we're going to read. Which means it's time to uh, talk about our cry space, where we talk about something that made us cry. Uh, since in the last, I guess, two weeks since we last uh, released an episode. Temporally, it's always weird. But anyway. Do you guys have cry spaces prepared, or do you need to frantically think of one while we vamp? That's scatting. That's not vamping. That's very poor scatting. Alex loves scatting. My cry space... He's a a big scatter. Don't say that. Um, My cry space is that after we finish this recording, I have to work on editing a podcast uh, because that sucks. I can't work on it tomorrow <laughs> because I'm <laughs> because I'm no. This is a podcast that pays me to edit, so I have to finish editing tonight. So you can pay me to edit. How much are you paying John Luke? Because uh, hmm. I because I can't work on it tomorrow. Uh, so that's my cry space. Is it, even though I've had. Uh, 
an alcoholic beverage while we've been recording. So that'll make editing way more fun. Oh, no. <laughs> it always makes alcohol. it easier. <laughs> you just care uh, less. Alex, do you have something prepared? I do. It's actually a little bit. It's a, it's a forward cry space. It's me thinking about my future and crying. Wow. Uh, because, you know, this is not going to affect you people. And by you people, I mean the audience because we plan things out wonderfully. But I'm off off to Japan and I, I'll, I'll miss. We won't have any recordings for two weeks. Unless I get a laptop there. Are you going to get me anything Sailor Moon from Japan? Yep. Hell yeah. But the thing is, like. I know nothing about Sailor Moon, so you'd be like, oh, a Sailor Moon thing. And I'd be like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And it'll be like no, Sailor just Moon. Try, you know what Sailor Moon looks like. Just trust me, you'll see her. She's everywhere. She should be there. <laughs> She's everywhere. Oh. Well, we'll see how it goes. I'm getting Jean Luc and Evangelion cardboard cutout. I feel like you will much more easily recognize something Sailor Moon than you would Evangelion. Like, I know what Sailor Moon looks like, but like, I don't know. Does Emily you know what Evangelion looks like? Is that the character's name? Um, Jeff Evangelion. There's Jeff not a clear Evangelion. answer to that. That's, that's not a yes or no question, unfortunately. I, I hate that already. I'm going to get you an Oshawa instead, Sean Luke. Jeff oh, yeah. Evangelion is I'm the main Dylan, character but... of Evangelion. That's good. Um, he's, a, he's a big, cool robot that's normal. And okay. he just goes on normal adventures. It's like a monster. Though. It's. Evangelion is not actually that interesting. It's just like kind of a Monster of the Week style thing. I like Monster of the Week. So it's, it's, it's like no, Jeff's there. Scooby there's Oscar, who's like his little sister type character. I don't know. Okay. Well, you know what? I will ask around. I will, you know, I'll have my like translation app out and I'll be like, do you guys have the Jeff Evangelion statue? <laughs> and we'll see what we'll see what the country thinks. John Luke, have the I, I need you to John Luke, I need Jeff. you to know that it it took me a second for like you referring to Asuka as uh, Jeff Evangelion's little <laughs> sister. Like it took that a second to truly like sink into my brain. <laughs> and I, mean- I just need you to know that I hate you for that. <laughs> Fair enough. Ahsoka's Jeff's little sister. That's so cool. Yes. That's, yeah. that's, yes. that's EU stuff. Yeah. That's neat. Yep. And much like Ahsoka Tano, actually, the the reason that they made Asuka's hair orange is because Ahsoka's skin color is orange, and yeah. Asuka is Asuka is actually based on Ahsoka Tano, the Star Wars character. That's what the people don't want you to know. Yeah, Damn. George Lucas actually wrote the first draft of Evangelion, and then Hideaki Anno got it and was like, "I'm really depressed," and he rewrote it, so it was completely different. Aww. <laughs> Some would say better. I would say they should let George Lucas make a live action Evangelion. What's George Lucas up to? He hasn't made anything since that movie about the the, the, the flying planes or something. He, he's he's working on the live action Evangelion. Alex, oh, yeah. I don't know how to tell you that planes normally fly. That's like huh. a thing that planes do. <laughs> okay, so there's a 25 issue Darth Vader comic and planes normally fly. Yeah. That's yeah. fucked up. That's fucked yeah, up. Kind of, it is kind I'm gonna of go. Up. I'm gonna go watch Indiana Jones: The Dial of Destiny. Make my day better. That'll be. That's a cry space right there. Honestly. Yeah. My cry space is that they're ruining Magic: The Gathering by introducing cards based on Marvel comics to it. Oh, I haven't I thought, shown any. I, of the I cards. thought you were gonna say they were introducing wokeness. 
<laughs> they are. Well, they, they already did that. Oh, okay. The wokeness patch? Uh, Mar- Magic has had wokeness since, like, I don't know, 2015. So Easy. it's that's, the ship has long when, sailed on the wokeness. That's when the Force Awakens came out. Yeah, <laughs> that's when the first. Oh, well, well, maybe like it was twenty four. So Wokens, am I? Yo, that's, definitely yeah, YouTube. that's definitely YouTube. There's Tw- definitely twenty fifteen is when they introduced the first LGBT character in Magic: The Gathering. So that's when it became woke, and the game started sucking. Uh, but no, that's not true. I. It sucked I before that. It sucked a long time <laughs> before that. No, no, no. Oh, I yeah. think it's fine that they have gay characters in Magic. I'm happy for them. Oh, uh, yeah. Alesha is a is one of my favorite cards. So I, you know, whatever. I'm very disappointed. Um, no one has anything about the Force Awakens unless it's being suppressed. By come on, it. you have to go it's to YouTube. It's being suppressed and... by the I am on YouTube. Alex, you know this. I'm, yeah, it's getting suppressed. This is very sad. Sad. Oh, anyway, the, the many such is cases. Great. Anyway. Yeah, my Crossbase is just that they're putting Marvel stuff in Star Wars, and I don't like it when they do stuff like that. So it's or in Star Wars, in Magic, The Gathering, on Forge, they'll put Star Wars stuff in there eventually. Which I thought we were safe from that because it's like Disney has their own card game. They just released their own card game called Lorcana. Keep that bullshit away from me. I don't want to see it. But no, their card game is apparently so dog shit that they have to farm out their properties to actual good games and ruin them. So, so before we close another up, thing Disney has ruined. Before we close out the cry space, I found an image from a video that's kind of similar. It's not Force Awakens, but it is. Okay. It is, you know, kind of similar. Okay. Uh huh. It's it's kind of got that that style. You have to look up the. I think the the one channel is the Critical Drinker. He's the like one of the 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 woke Star Wars guys. What do you guys think of this PNG? Star Wars guys. Hell yeah! So for those watching at home, oh, that's great. I like that. It's, it's Askatano and Sabine Wren, and they're just uh-huh. ripped. And then it says the Force is female, and then in big letters, kind of like a Smash Bros. announcer says, "Oh man, yeah." Um, and the video is called Ahsoka's Awful, A Force's Female Disaster. <gasps> they don't like it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, I don't like it either, but not because oh, there's women in it. In fact, I wish there were more women. Star Wars has fallen, and Disney Star Wars has risen to take its... Pl- oh, my. This is- Fuck this person. But Wait, can you cool. send me a link to that? I might have to, I might have to do some research. Oh. <laughs> uh, huh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that sounds like the plugs oh. are here. Uh, thank you for sharing. Yes. <laughs> yep. A for- huh. How have I not heard the forces female thing before? That's funny. Star hers, the her to the. Oh my god. Oh my god. Sorry. See that Ahsoka is a five oh too much time on their hands. Ahsoka is a five oh first wave feminist bore fest. Naturally, they're trying too hard on that. They are. It's 12,000 comments. First comment. I'm glad I've gone through my five stages of grief with Star Wars. Nice. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Dude, this, this guy's whole YouTube channel is just... All his thumbnails are just, like, p- female characters photoshopped onto, like, buff bodies. Perhaps. I think there's something more going on. Perhaps there's something going on. Anyway, you can find us online. We're at Comics Podcast on... Or at... At Jesus, you, I think at you can follow at Comics Podcast if you want. It, that account never tweets. You can uh, we're at Crying Book Club on Twitter. Yeah, uh, I'm at Mountain Liker on Twitter. Uh, I'm also JL Botchville on Letterboxd. If you want to follow me there, Alex is at Alex Hansiak on Twitter. 
Uh, Emily is at mpandanata. You can follow her letterbox at Pandabore uh, and her Twitch, which is also Pandabore. But I have not been entertained on Monday nights by her streams. No, in many I will. Months now. I will get back. I I promise you, John yeah, Luke. Sure, I will, I will make sure. it happen. Yeah, totally. Uh, and you can find her uh, Empire of Podcasts. Uh, Imagine me and Utina, Fresh Podcast Market. That looks terrible. Some other stuff. Yeah. Um, we did an episode of Warrior Chats about the Olivia Rodrigo album. That's like two months old now. It was good. But we recorded it like three weeks ago. I don't know. The This person, I've gone down a rabbit hole. And they have a uh-huh. video that's like, the top critics only gave the Joker movie a 26% positive rating on Rotten Tomato. Everything's rigged because okay. the Joker movie is the best movie I've ever seen. The best movie they've ever seen? That's what the thumbnail says. <laughs> it's a lot oh. of text on the thumbnail. Um, but the point is, Darth Vader's cool. I mean, you're Dr. not wrong. Uh, cool. Darth Vader's woke. Oh, shit. Emily, look distraught. No, I'm. Uh, I was in a different <laughs> tab, so I had to uh, navigate back to uh, hit the theme song button so that we can end the show. End the show.